0: Hi everybody, it's Rabbi Hannah with Episode 2 of the Hil cast. We have another great episode this week. You're going to hear from Hil Chavarad member Erin Rosen. She is mom to two girls, 4th grader Mila and 2nd grader Eva, and she's also a JetBlue flight attendant. When she's not up in the air, you can find her at Shabbat morning services where she has become a Torah reading regular. Erin grew up in California, attending Jewish schools throughout her education, and regularly attending synagogue services with her grandparents. With her grandfather in particular, she had some pretty unique Jewish experiences.
1: My grandfather and I would attend services uh, every Friday night and every Shabbat morning. And um, every once in a while, he would take me to a different synagogue for no apparent reason, like it wasn't a bat mitzvah or it wasn't a special occasion. It was just... He was very interested in going to different synagogues and seeing how other people were praying. Um, I remember going to synagogue in an office. It it was like a classroom setting in an elementary school on Friday nights. And that was, it was interesting to see um, synagogue being held in a setting like that, as opposed to uh, the synagogue that we attended was a larger auditorium with a standalone building. Other times we would go to a reform synagogue where all the services were pretty much held in English, which I wasn't used to. I also remember it's, it stuck out very much in my mind the first time he took me to an Orthodox synagogue and they separated us and I sat with my grandma and I remember looking around and everyone looked so different and was dressed so differently and the intensity with prayer and like the davening and the way everyone was moving I was it was just so fascinating to me and what I took away from that was you know no matter where i am we're all jewish we just have different ways of expressing ourselves and that was that has stayed with me to this day which has led me to visit other um, synagogues or churches like mount moriah just to be exposed to the other ways that people do things tell me more about your grandparents like what's their background where are they from my grandparents are russian-american they were both born in new york but actually found each other when they moved to California, when their jobs took them there. My grandfather was an ophthalmologist in the army and my grandmother worked for the USO. She was the person who would organize bus tours for the troops and ultimately opened up her own travel agency. She taught my mother the business. My mom later in her life opened up her own travel agency. Wow, so you really followed in their footsteps in a variety of ways. I did. I did. I was very interested to join the family business and actually work for my mom for maybe six months. And it was seemed like a good fit. I thought it would be great. But sitting there behind a desk, sending people to all these exotic places didn't sit well after a while. And I just wanted to go to these places. So that's, you know, 13 years later. Now I'm a flight attendant at JetBlue. Wow. Okay. So Okay, so you also identify as a multiracial family and a multicultural family. Do you want to talk more about that? Yes, um, Eric's um, whole family there is from Holland. He is the first one born in the U.S. on his father's side, and um, my grandparents are Russian American. They adopted my mom, who's of Swedish descent, and then my dad's African American. And um, my dad, your father's from a- the East Coast, right? Where on the East Coast? Um, he's from South Carolina and he is, he's got the travel bug too. So he actually just got in his car one day. He wanted, um, a different life and drove to California and just started a new life from scratch over there.
0: Wow.
1: And that's, he met my mom when they were dating. He wasn't Jewish, but he made the commitment and he went through the uh, conversion process. It took about a year. And I just learned a funny fact or a cute fact that my father actually had his bar mitzvah at the same synagogue that my mom had her bat mitzvah at, but he did it in his 30s. That's
0: amazing. So are there any memories you have about being a mixed race Jewish young woman growing up in what
1: I'm guessing was a predominantly white community? You know... When I was growing up in the Jewish community where I grew up in Sacramento, I didn't feel any different than anyone else. We had a lot of Iranian Jews. We had one family, they were Sephardic Jews, and I was just another color on on the spectrum, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel any different. But when I went to college, I went to a predominantly Black college. I went to um, Bethune-Cookman University. It's an HBCU. And Mm so a lot of us would ask by the way that we looked, the texture of our hair and the way that we talk, you know, we're all coming from different parts of the country and we are all looking very different. So I would get that question a lot, like, where, where are you from? What are you? And I'd say, I'm black and Jewish. And, um, I would get a lot of, uh, well, how can you be Jewish? Um, black people aren't Jewish. And sometimes it would make me uncomfortable, but then I got so used to it and I'm actually kind of used to answering that. But yeah, my, my mom is Jewish and it's a religion, it's also a people. And, you know, black people can be Jewish and uh, black is, is just a color of your skin. There's all kinds of people of color who are Jewish all over the world, but you know, growing up, a lot of people didn't know that or at least in the circles that I, I was in. Have you had conversations with your own daughters about being black and Jewish? I've talked to my girls about the composition of our family. You know, pop pop's African-American nana's um swedish but we're jewish our our faith is jewish my grandparents who i love with all my heart they were russian you know jewish americans and then eric's family is from holland so we're, we're all over the place and we're many things and i tell my girls that you don't have to be labeled as any one particular thing you're not just black you're not just white you're not jewish you're not you're all of these things and my girls like that and they consider themselves the future that is gorgeous i love that oh thank you i love it oh can i can i mention my family and how we're interfaith oh absolutely yeah um eric is catholic but we're raising the girls jewish you know they're aware that mommy was raised in a certain way and daddy was raised in a certain way and they're very interested about both how does it play out practically in your family well we've decided to raise the girls jewish so I've ensured that they go to Hebrew school and I take them to services. It's very important to me that they continue the tradition, but we also are very respectful of Eric's faith. He doesn't really practice. He just more identifies as a Catholic and we'll go for the holidays, Uh, but he likes to be recognized and we do decorate like for Christmas and Hanukkah. Our house is full of Christmas lights we decorate the tree in front, though, with blue and white balls for Hanukkah. And we, we also put lights that uh, spin on our house that are with Jewish stars. So it's very festive at our house during the holidays. And Eric is just also just wonderful
0: to have around the Chavara as well. We were having a Shabbat service and it was super hot in the room. And like, it like the air conditioning wasn't working uh, in the building. And like, he just like went home and brought fans for everyone. He was like well, like the girls need to be at services and everyone should be comfortable. So I'm just going to make this happen.
1: Yeah, he is super supportive. Um, he usually in the services might sit in the back. Um, he, he can't participate in the Hebrew prayers. He's still very interested. And uh, I remember one day we, we had just finished reading Torah and someone needed to raise the Torah before dressing it again. And it was when the Torah was very off balance and very heavy on one side and we needed a big, strong guy. So yeah. Michael was like, what about Eric? And Eric, you know, he's kind of sitting off to the back yeah. and he heard his name and he kind of lit up and he's like, really? He's, he, he didn't know that he could touch the Torah. He's like, can I? And he was excited to get up, pick up the Torah and anyone would you know who's done this before knows that you raise the torah and then you kind of look behind you find your seat and then you sit down with the torah in front of you so right. he raised it and turned around in a circle and he didn't know what to do and everyone's like sit sit <laughs> because it was so heavy and he sat on the chair the wrong way like like straddled it like and it was just so funny everyone was laughing and he didn't know yeah. so nervous that he would drop it and it was just the cutest oh thing
0: ever and the thing with eric is like
1: no one has to worry that he's gonna drop that thing. Like it is clear from looking at him that he has a handle on it. He's definitely capable, strong guy. He was just nervous because he understands how precious the Torah is. That was a really, that was
0: a really cool morning. I remember that. I have a question. Like when the Hilchavara gets together with Mount Moriah Baptist Church and yes. Hilchavara is made up predominantly of Caucasian Jews, although obviously not entirely. And Mount Moriah is made up of predominantly African-American Christians, although I don't know entirely. Um, how does that dynamic play out for you? Like, do you feel
1: that you are representing the Havarah in a different way from most of us? Well, when I've attended the Bible study at Mount Moriah, just because I'm interested in the way that other people's, uh, other people worship, and um, they were so warm when they came to um, our talks together with Hil Havara, Um, I see them look at me, and they're very interested, and I don't think that they know any Jews of color, so they're kind of amazed, and they'll ask me questions like, can you read Hebrew? Do you understand what this means? Or they'll have, like, one of the Bible studies, there was uh, an acrostic, and it had, in English, though it said Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit, before all of these verses, and they didn't know what that meant. And I was like, well, those are the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. They're just, you know, it's spelled out in English. And they were very amazed by that. And I don't know what they're thinking, but I think that I feel like I'm representing uh, Hill Havara in a positive light. And I'm also representing like people of color. You know, we're not always what you expect at all. You cannot judge a book by its cover. And it's, it's really nice to see people light up And then have their minds opened up yeah Uh, that's a wonderful thing
0: um have you felt like over the course of your life participating in different jewish communities have you felt
1: that your role in these communities has shifted over time well as a young girl i was just a participant learning being socialized in what it is to be a jew and I didn't even know that I was doing it, but it was all about being there. And that's why it's so important for me to have my kids go to synagogue, even if they're running around, they're still meeting their friends that they're going to know for their entire lives, whether they know that now, I know it from my experience. And then when I was in college, I flew back to California to be a counselor at Camp bar My other girlfriends that I went to Hebrew school with, one of them was at Texas Tech. She flew out um, another one from... Oakland, she she came down. We participated because we were the next generation to show the younger kids like that it's cool. There's more to learn. There's more community to grow. So that was my role then. And then in my later 20s, I kind of was too busy with life to like participate in services regularly. I really don't remember going much. But now as a parent, my new role is to pick up where my grandparents left off because if i don't teach my kids then it ends with me and there's i'm still learning what it is to be a jew wow i love it one thing that i really
0: admire about you is that you on the one hand you're modeling you know an active flourishing jewish life for your kids and at the same time you come on your own to do your own thing Jewishly, and you're showing up for your own Jewish learning.
1: Yeah, there are many times where maybe I'd rather be doing something else. I'm a runner. I, I have other extracurricular activities I like to do, but this is important. And and I've never gone away from making that choice and regretted it. Afterwards, I'm like, that was great. Like I, I left learning something that I didn't know before. And I think that, I'll always be searching, always growing. And I think that's a big part of our culture with studying Torah and, you know, doing the, um, is it Daf Yom?
0: Daf Yomi. So for those of you who
1: don't know, Daf Yomi is a daily page of
0: Talmud study, trying to get through the whole Talmud um, together as like an international
1: community over the course of about seven and a half years. And I've been, maybe if I don't have time to sit and read, I'll listen to podcasts and it yes. makes me feel like I'm moving forward in some way. Maybe I don't quite understand what's, what I'm listening to, but maybe the second, third time, or maybe, you know, the next Parsha, I'll get it. And that's exciting to me because I feel like I'm getting closer to something that's, that makes my spirit feel good. Yeah. So, you know, it's a process. I
0: believe in one God, but beyond that, I don't know. Feel the presence all around me, but how do I bring that home? And that was Hover on member Erin Rosen. She's a JetBlue flight attendant and mom to Mila and Eva, who are both students at Yavna, now Yavnet. And like a lot of other kids they are coming up with some interesting ways to spend all of this time at home so eva mila hi 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 yeah hey how have you been good what have you been doing to keep busy what have you been doing for fun
1: playing outside going in the garden planting things we're going bike ride. My sister, she's taking me to Lincoln Park. She's old enough to take me around the city, and also like
0: we're going this like a lot of bike rides around everywhere. That's Staying. so cool that Mila is old enough to do that. Okay, I heard that you've been figuring out a creative way to see your neighbors. So they have
1: like um a balcony, a balcony, and we have this like really small stone ledge, and we'll sit on it. And we'll talk to each other, and sometimes we'll come down and play hide-and-seek tag, but not really tag each other.
0: Just, like, stick our hand out, say, got you! Something like that. Have you been doing anything lately to get ready for Passover?
1: Yeah, we've been finding people who want to do an online Seder with us. We're probably going to make, like, a Passover plate.
0: Yeah, like a Seder plate? What are you going to make it with? I like pictures and um, paint. Sounds good. Eva, Mila, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. And in the meanwhile, stay well and have a liberating Pesach. It's definitely an odd year for Seder. This year, more than ever, we need to figure out ways to feel free. So whether a some Sameach... A happy holiday for you this year is cooking up as much as you possibly can or keeping it really simple, whether it's bouncing from Zoom Seder to Zoom Seder and trying to (laughs) gather with as many people virtually as you can or just hunkering down with a couple people in your home. No matter where you're at this Seder, we're in this together and may it be a beautiful one.